Well, then let's talk. I'm Hugh Atchison, and this is Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot. This episode is taped in Athens, Georgia, in my apartment. Across the table from a gentleman who is a wonderful soul and has meant so much to Athens, Georgia over the years, and that's Michael Stipe. I can remember listening to R.E.M. way back when, when I was 12 years old, and them having such a seminal impact on life, and explaining the South from an outsider's perspective that was so needed uh, in the 80s. Um, And this conversation is like a conversation with a friend, with a very astute friend who is so artistic and so interesting and so layered uh, that it's really enjoyable to pick his brain about anything. I'm sitting in my apartment in Athens, Georgia, looking at a backyard. There's a man in front of me who means a lot to uh, this town and a lot to uh, me in a lot of ways because of Athens. And it's Michael Stipe. Michael, thank you for being here. Hi, Hugh. Thank you. So you are kind of splitting your time these days between dear old Athens and New York. Um, It's good to be back. You've been back since Christmas. Yeah, actually more between New York and Berlin. Berlin. And and then I travel a lot, but my family live here and I keep a home here and it's really a great, um, it's a great respite from the cities. You know, it's great to come down here and just kind of prepare my own meals. And it's still so rural in a lot of ways. It's still out of the grasp of Atlanta. Uh, you know, uh, I love it. So you're cooking at home. Yeah, I cook a lot. I mostly lunches. It's kind of so embarrassing that Brian Kemp became the governor. Uh, how did that happen? I, I mean, because the state is gerrymandered and because, because he was in charge of, um, who could and could not vote. For so a very long time. It's pretty embarrassing. It's really and it's embarrassing. really embarrassing that he's from Athens, actually. Did you know that? Yeah. And well, he's kind of my age. I, and that's I want even, to say he's like Oconee County. Like I wasn't, I wasn't able, he was one of the ones I wasn't able to turn, sadly. No. No, you had success <laughs> through, with others. Through my influence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 2019 now, so we're, uh, we're, it's already a little freaky out there, but we're hoping for a better month. It won't last uh, long. And I, I don't think we've heard the end of Stacey Abrams. I don't think so either. I think her pretty... ascent was great. And she says, uh, got, carries herself with such a poise and honesty. And she's just really smart. She's That's just what we need. really, yeah. really smart. So smart people. I think we're, uh, we're seeing changes that are going to be lasting, but this is hopefully the last respite of some things that uh, need to go away. Um, is it respite or respite? I never got that. I think it's it either, 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 it's either, 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 it's tomato, tomato. If you're Canadian, it's respite. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. Got it. Res, respite. Respite. Yeah. I think it's respite. Respite. I'm okay. going respite. I'll take it. Um, despite you've always respite. been very engaged in politics. Uh, and, but you kind of gave up on Instagram for a while this year. Are you back on it? I gave up. I gave up three times. I think three I just got t- disgusted <laughs> with it. When they sold to Facebook, I was like, fuck this. Can I say fuck in mm-hmm. this? Okay, great. And, um, and then, and I, so I quit and then I started again and, uh, I decided to do a very public, uh, Michael Stipe, uh, Instagram and it got very popular and that, that was, that felt, you know, nice for a while, like, um, being able to share in that way. But I did it kind of as a joke. I mean, it wasn't really so much, I, I wanted, I wanted my Instagram to comment on Instagram so I, I did all these, um, you know, I have a very spectacular life and I meet a lot of amazing people like yourself and, and, but I don't often, um, broadcast, uh, images of those meetings. Right. I'll take pictures cause I've always taken pictures, but 
I won't, I won't, I won't then post them online or anything. So I, I, I started my Instagram account to do exactly that with the intention of cutting that person's face out of the image so that my face was front and center and theirs was kind of, they, you would get half of Taryn Simon or half of um, Salman Rushdie or half of this or that author or, or, you know, Kate Blanchett or whoever. A lot of art openings and lots a of lot of art openings and yes. a lot of, a lot of um, actors and a lot of directors and a lot of writers. And I have a very um, lucky life that I'm surrounded by, uh, or I surround myself with artists and creative people. So that's really great. The odd athlete, but anyway, uh, it kind of ground to a halt when, um, uh, when they changed their, um, What's it called? The um, log, not logarithm. Algorithm. Algorithm. Thank you. And um, and it became evident how much I, I read that book by um, Jaron Lanier. Do you know this mm-hmm. book? He's kind of great. Um, and and I'm already you know I've been kind of a privacy advocate since uh, since I was a teenager really, and um, I just felt really violated by the rules and regulations of. Facebook by more seems Instagram. to come out every day saying that they really know a lot about us, which is kind of terrifying. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I decided to just cut them out of my, out of my will. And so that's, that's your current it's status. Is, it's you're done. done. It's you're done. done. I'm done. Yeah. You're done. I deleted, I even deleted my private one. So wow. even my friends and family don't get access to that, but it's kind of upped my, um, you know, I also, I, 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 I smashed my iPhone and buried it. And, um, where did you bury it? I don't want to say. Okay. <laughs> the burial was private. It was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was cremated. And um, we used a flip phone for a while because I just got tired of feeling like I was being controlled by text messaging. And then I realized after six months, of course, that two of the most important uh, relationships in my life, my mother and Patty Smith, were people who, by whom I primarily text and send photographs and, and, the iPhone for me was essential for that. When you take photographs, what are you taking fo- pictures with other than the iPhone? Mostly the iPhone, but I, I'm you, pretty much digital. Um, there are a few things, like I had a show last summer in Brooklyn <clears throat> of my photographic work and some some um, plastic pieces that I had done around a book that I released uh, called Volume One. And for those, um, I specifically used the camera that I used when I was a teenager, which is a Nikon FM, FM2 or FX2. And okay. I used uh, black and white film um, exactly the same as I would have used in 1975, yeah. 74 is when I started taking pictures. Um, but I did that with, with great intention. I, the idea was to kind of um, uh, placate or, or, or um, uh, finalize a, 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 a desire or a feeling that I had as a teenager that I never completely uh, expressed. And so I got that out of my system and that felt really good. Yeah. So I've, I've sh- I shoot with film to answer your question. I mostly shoot with my iPhone and I really hate, I love my five S, you know, the little tiny one. Yeah. I finally let it go and I'm, I, I graduated to a 10 something and, um, I got the smallest of the tens cause I think they're ridiculous. But the thing that people say is that the camera is so much better. That's all they can say about the it. The camera is really good. You drop it all the time cause they're clunky and large yeah. and they're stupid, Yeah. but you drop it and they break and you know, they're not very good, but, but, the 5S is the only one that they remade. That's a really, it's a great. Yeah. Anyway, 
the camera's really a lot better. It is really good. So, Portrait mode's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool and how you can it, light it differently. Does it actually change our faces and make it, us look better? Um, no, I think it just lights it correctly mm. and professionally to to the degree where we hopefully it picks up positive aspects of us. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know what positive aspects I have in my face anymore. You have several. We're attributes. aging. We're yeah. aging. Age is a, that's a big part of it, and it's really actually I feel like I'm partly here to make age okay for my generation or for people just younger than me. That's, you know, yeah, that's, your your generation, you're you're just you're ten, thirteen, twelve years older than I am. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, listening to your band, REM. Jeez, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, for two years, and we lived in Garden Hills in the Lower Buckhead. And you know, went to the pool in 1983, which was right out in the corner of the house. And all the lifeguards were going to take this trip to Athens to go see you guys play. Mm. And there was a lot of excitement because Chronic Town had been out. And uh, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of lifeguards in the early days. Yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. You guys were big in the lifeguard yeah, set, yeah. which is good because <laughs> they can save lives. Good for me. It's yeah. really good. But yeah, and then the ascent of it, and then uh, living here in uh, in Athens, it's it's funny. It was it was very meaningful to me where. Uh, you're one of your compatriots, Burtis Downs, who's a dear friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, and and yourself were at the opening night of Five and Ten, my first restaurant, which was so sweet to me. So, well, we wanted to be there to support your your dream and your vision, my dream and, to and see it through. Yes, and, and look at what happened. Look and then you one you. time brought Ben Affleck in, and uh, I I did bring Ben in. You're right. That well, was... it was hilarious because somehow in the nascency of text messaging, there were also like 50 sorority girls outside the restaurant waiting for to see glimpses of Ben. How did they find out that he was coming? I have coming? no idea. Well, I didn't tell him. No, it was like text messages, like mm. somebody saw mm. him at Oh, Fox someone Street saw him or something yeah, like that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so. he passed through. Yeah. The, he passed I mean, through REM, quickly. You know, in Athens, uh, casts a long shadow. It's it's hard to get away from, you know, the music and the, the, the music scene, but it's particularly hard <laughs> to get away from R.E.M., I think. Uh, and that's not an altogether bad thing, you know. We, no, we, it's not we, a bad. We had our thing. moments, and, and I think and you guys had, had many, many moments. Several moments and some really good ones. But then ones. also the 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 winding up of it was so uh, classy in so many ways. And uh, thank you. Uh, you know, the uh, I, I guess the last tour was two thousand eight. Yeah. But two thousand seven, I saw a number of the shows in Dublin when you guys did the uh, uh, the Olympia, the Olympia, Olympia, which was yeah. a b- amazing theater. And, yeah. Uh, that those shows were so great, but then I also remember the show in DC. Uh, That's when I quit Microsoft forever. Those shows, because I got um, I got a virus through Microsoft, and and when I was on stage trying to sing these new songs for the first time ever, in front of yourself and various friends and people that had flown in, and of course the Irish, uh, the Microsoft uh, virus kept fucking up my my um lyric my 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 written lyrics and flashing like covering with windows <laughs> covering as i was trying to sing these things for the first time I, 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 it was so frustrating and um uh that's mostly what i take away from the olympia actually was, was how much the, i fucking hate the microsoft. viruses of microsoft yeah. <laughs> so i deleted it never again to never to use it again i also don't use um what is it uh, uh dropbox i had to tell a friend last night like send it to me um through WeTransfer. Oh, yeah. Because Dropbox is one of the ones that Edward Snowden basically said, if you have any concern about privacy. Don't um, use that. Don't use Dropbox. Don't use Facebook. Don't use Google. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of your Gmail account. Get rid of your Gmail account? Yeah, that's Google. Yeah. Yeah, They're not altogether bad. 
But in fact, I, I think Google are doing some really interesting things that are going to appear in 20 or 30 years. But in terms of how much access they have to the information the, the, that's going the daily in and out of our lives, it's the warp and weave of, of, of our daily existence. I think it's really, uh, uh, it's really an, an overreach. Yeah, I was perhaps think- a correction will happen. Perhaps it won't. But but at this point, I'm I'm going to follow Jaron Lanier. His you know yeah ten arguments for deleting your social media accounts right now. Yeah, there's a, it's it, it's very hard to get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, emotively, you're so attached to them, but then also it's literally hard to delete them. Um, deleting Facebook is like a process that takes months. I've never been on, so... I've never really been I've on, I've never actually even... I've, honestly, just for the restaurants? I but only know it has three columns, right? I think it's got three columns, a lot of pictures of cats. Um, and and now, now they have that portal where you can like give it to your grandparents and stuff like that and see them over Facebook every oh, day. Yeah. That sounds like purgatory. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about the grandparent portal. That's yeah, it's a weird, weird portal. It's right out of being John Malkovich. Right? Yeah, I did. I mean, I do like a number of people, uh, including Mike Mills on on um, Twitter, mm. who's who's very espouses a lot of politics and really interesting stuff. And uh, but there are always some interesting people like Chrissy Teigen. I find is really outspoken. J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, Killer Mike. All those people are really interesting. I know Killer Mike. He I know is, J.K. Rowling is the writer who wrote Harry Potter. Is that right? Yep. And then who's the first person? Chrissy. Oh, Chrissy Teigen, the uh, I don't the know model. She probably did John Legend. Um, oh, uh, he's the and he's she a singer, very, right? Yeah, she yeah. posts very picture, uh, cute pictures of her kids, but she's also extraordinarily hilariously outspoken on politics. Oh, good. So is she on the good. right side of things? She's the on the very right, side, the correct say. side. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. There's no, there's we are the majority. Right. We are the majority after all. We are I mean, the we we, we are the correct. At some point, we, at some point, we need to kind of acknowledge that and just get done with all this foolishness. Oh, we know which side of history we're on. We just have to make sure it comes out that yeah, way. History is a long way off. Uh, yes, we need. We need well, to know. we're also living it right now. Hopefully, hopefully, it's changing. Up until uh, about five years ago, I always had trouble figuring out what underwear were be comfortable and then i found MacWeldon.com, and i've been buying them ever since now they support the podcast what goes around comes around when it comes to underwear we go to MacWeldon.com, m-a-c-k-w-e-l-d-o-n.com and enter promo code hue and get 20 percent off your first order of men's basics boxer briefs undershirts t-shirts socks they have amazing ones made out of antimicrobial fabrics that reduce odor, they're wrinkle resistant, and they're really premium fabrics. They're amazingly comfortable. So if you need new underwear, which trust me, you probably do, go to MacWeldon.com now and stock up on some good men's basics. What would it be like if we all listened more? Listening to audiobooks inspires us, motivates us, and even brings us closer together. At least it brings us more knowledge. And there's no better place to listen than Audible. Get your first audiobook free along with two selected Audible original titles and exclusive fitness programs when you start a 30-day trial. So take the time to listen on Audible. Just visit audible.com backslash Hugh, H-U-G-H, and get listening.
So tell me about the food of your youth. What do you remember about food? I mean, you traveled around a fair bit growing up and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are, I was always within spitting distance of an army base because of my father's job. And I, I mean, the, the food that I really remember was when we were stationed in Germany. And that was just such a magical, odd, exotic at the time. It's still exotic. I mean, I, I live there still in a very different part. In fact, the next time I go, I'm flying into Frankfurt, mm-hmm. which is where we lived. Uh, I'll visit the, the the old home there in Hanau. Hanau's the, the kind of suburb outside. It's a small hamlet outside of Frankfurt. During World War II, they told Frankfurt to turn off all their lights, and they told Hanau to turn on all their lights. So it was decimated. Wow. Bombed to shit um, by us. But... um. And then an army base grew up there, uh, sprouted up there, and that's where, that's where I lived. But it was so exotic and wild, and so I remember things like um, canoodle and schnitzel and, uh, you know, sauerkraut, like sauerkraut. And do you still like that food? Yeah, I love. Yeah, I, mean, I love schnitzel. I like a good pork schnitzel. I'm, uh, we were talking earlier before we turned on the microphones about how many people perceive me as a vegetarian. Yeah. Because because I was for 20 years. Yeah. An important 20 years. From 20 to 40, I was completely vegetarian. And now I'm what I call vegan default. Right. Which is that um, I eat a lot of little fishies. Right. Little anchovies and sardines for the omegas. And I really like the taste of them. And mackerel. Um, so I eat a lot of tinned fish, like cartoon uh, hobos, you know. But... Um, but Lisbon and... Northern Spain, Galician hobos. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That seafood is yeah. so good. It's the best. And yeah. it's, you know, it's really good for you and it's really sustainable uh, from the oceans. And, you know, the, the mercury levels are, are non existent and the plastic in the fish, whatever, all the crap. You don't really have to think about that very much. I right. swim with uh, sardines when, I'm, when yeah. I'm in the Mediterranean. They're wonderful little fish. And I, I don't think they mind me eating them that much. But I'm vegan default. Uh, I prepare lunch most most days for myself, and then I usually go out to a restaurant for dinner. And at that point, if I see something that looks good and once walked the earth or swam the seas uh, and I feel a craving to eat it, then I eat it. Right. But I really don't – I actually don't eat meat very often, um, and I'm very particular about what I do eat because I have a lot of allergies. I have a lot of food yeah. allergies, and they're getting worse. Yeah. Like the rest of the world. It, it seems like the rest of the Western world – suddenly has all these uh, aversions and allergies and yes yeah and allergies and And we we thought it was just meant to piss off chefs but it's it's a real thing it's a real thing it's a real thing so we're as chefs i think we've reacted to it better than we used to um what's hot in new york food what do you like there i love a restaurant called atla have you been to atla no what is it it's a little mexican inspired place kind of lower midtown um, and it's the same chef as Cosme. Um, okay. And it's who's a Mexico City chef who's got two outposts sure. here, but it's a woman who runs it for him, and it's the most beautiful food. Um, I think you'd really like it. And really straightforward, but beautiful, beautiful food. Very light, airy kind of food. I went to a light, airy Mexican restaurant in Copenhagen. It sounded and, kind oh, of sounded is like it, what you're describing. Uh, Rosie Sanchez's place? I think it's on a She cor- used yes. to be the yeah, pastry a, chef at yeah. Noma. That's right. That's her. And she, Rosie Sanchez. Yeah, it's really uh, she's great. She's amazing. It's on a corner. Yeah. Oh, she's the amazing. amazing. Yeah. And it's got big windows. It's yeah. very, you know, it's very Danish. She's a brilliant, brilliant chef. She's originally Mexican and, and was Rene Redzepi's pastry chef for years yeah. and then left to go do that. And I think Rene's somehow involved there. I like Seamus Mullen. I like his, his, uh, I like his vibe and I like his, his cookbook is really great. He's a good guy. And, um, he's um, gotten healthy. 
There's a somehow. He has, yeah, he looks. He's great. gotten really healthy. Yeah. Well, he had to. He was. He had he to. Was he was really dying. Sick, yeah. 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 But that that kind of uh, informed the choices that he makes as a chef, and so you see that at Tertulia and um, the chicken place that he opened. I don't eat chicken, but the chicken place that he opened is supposed to be really good. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a there's another cookbook that's really beautiful, and the the writer is named Divya, and she has a Ayurvedic. Uh, vegetarian restaurant um, on First Avenue, I think. It's in the East Village. Okay. And called Div- Divya's Kitchen. And she has a book out that's really beautiful. It's really thoughtful. It's kind of along the lines of what Gwyneth uh, Paltrow is putting mm-hmm. out. Her next cookbook is not unlike Divya's uh, uh, cookbook. So it's about <clears throat> making healthy choices and, and uh, but using like the best ingredients and putting them together in weird ways. Yeah, and Seamus does that as well. Mario uh, Batali, our mutual friend, always did that. Like finding things that are interesting ways to combine uh, fat and protein and and, and uh, sweet and bitter and and mixing. The, you know, it's it's what you do. It's your yeah. It's your, yeah. It's what I love to do in my own kitchen. So, and there's another restaurant I love there. Uh, have you been to Via Carota? Yes. Yeah, that's well. A I nice love those village. two. They're, they're, yeah, that and Buvette uh, yeah. is across the street. I've known Jody since yeah. she first came to she New York through am- Mario. In fact, she's amazing. She's and amazing. just design aesthetic wise, yeah. so cool. Yeah. It's so authentically comfortable and they're just good. natural. Yeah. Great. Um, and then Rita has Isodi on Christopher. Yeah, Isodi. Uh, Rita great. is her partner and yep. her wife. And yeah. and then um, and then um, she has uh, Buvette. Yeah. There on Grove. She's got a buvette in Paris. And there's as a well. buvette in Paris, which yeah. I haven't been to. I think yeah. it's in the Marais. Yeah. Yeah. And it's supposed to be amazing. So no, they're they're the incredible buvette. chefs. Yeah. yeah. Really. I, I And great knowledge of wine. It's just everything's really comfortable about it. Music. What are you listening to these days? I don't really listen to music that much. I went and saw Nils Fromm mm-hmm. uh, perform in Berlin in what was a, well, it was built by the communists, giant radio station. Um, uh, performance hall for orchestras uh, in the former East. And it happens to be where he has his studio. So he moved a bunch of his gear down into the room and people sat on the floor and he actually filmed and taped it for what's probably going to be a future film or a TV show or something. Very cool. But I like Nils Fromm a lot. And um, I, I, I listen to music that doesn't require that I get pulled away from whatever I'm doing. Music is, for me, um, is kind of a roadblock to the rest of the world. You know, when when it's pop music, particularly. Right. So I like I like classical music. I like ambient. I like heavy dub. I despise reggae. I despise uh, bluegrass. Um, I find them both very agitating um, rhythms and and types of music, forms of music. But Dolly Parton gets a pass on bluegrass. Dolly Parton but, gets a pass on everything. In but life. No, yeah, actually, in she, fact, she's amazing. She should run for office. Yeah, uh, anyway. I'm trying to think of music I've been listening to lately. I suddenly I bought the Diva soundtrack. Do you remember that movie Diva? Yeah, back in the day. Um, yeah, and, the big the big surprise at the end when the guy's uh, headphones come off. Yeah, listening to opera, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a big opera fan throughout the whole movie, but yeah, and that soundtrack is really good. It's very ambient and very interesting. But yeah, been listening to a lot of Brian Eno and mm-hmm. Glenn Gould and things like that mm-hmm. these days. What about The Blaze? Do you know them? No. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. The Blaze. Okay. French. Okay. So, music, it's everywhere. Um, I went and saw Cat Power uh, perform last month in New York. Uh-huh. I saw Tom York perform in New York and Brooklyn 
that was that was a really good show. Cat Power's career has been really interesting. I think she's she's just so amazingly powerful now. And I find like she almost went completely batshit crazy back in the day, but she righted herself through all of it. Oh, we were dogging Georgia earlier because of the the hard, horrid um, gubernatorial choices that were made, but um, and the sadness of Brian Kemp being from Athens, Georgia. But it's really great that Sean is uh, representing the other Georgia, you know, yeah. uh, on yeah. our behalf. And I guess Childish Gambino and a bunch of other people are doing a pretty good job of showing. Uh, the other Georgia, like the Georgia that people don't see when they look at and Killer the Mike. red and blue map. Killer Mike's Killer coming Mike. out with a show on Netflix next, or later on this month. <laughs> yeah, he was a big Bernie Sanders advocate. So I'm, he was, uh, he a, was a huge big, Bernie Big fan. place in my heart for Killer yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So who's got a chance politically on the Dems side for you? Who, you don't want to know the answer. Elizabeth Warren? No. No? No. Are you going to tell me? No. Okay. Just, no, there's no clear front runner, honestly. There's nobody there. No, there's no clear front runner as that I can see at this point. No, it's it's too early. I don't know what's going to happen. It's it's um. I think that there's. I gonna, think we all know what's going to happen. Somebody's it's going not going to be jail, good. It's not, it's not going to be good. We find ourselves in this really so precarious it, position. In and a, in a no easy way out. What's the uh, yeah? You're wearing a Mueller button right now. I am. Now. That's Burtis gave me that. Yeah. We're we're hopeful. It's it's funny that you've been so uh, such an activist in progressive politics over the years, and some things, some of that activity and activism affected change for the better. We've gone through a lot of change mm. uh, culturally in the last ten, fifteen, twenty years in the United States, definitely in North America. Um, one really big thing that you advocated for back in the day was Aung San Suu Kyi um, and yeah. her, her freedom. I mean, what's your take on her just being quiet in Myanmar? It sucks. Now? It's really. I, I don't uh, understand it. I don't either. I don't really. I don't. I don't know what it's about. I, yeah, she just left the whole. Yeah. She, so, but and that's that's where uh, all the Rohingya Muslims are being persecuted. But I was uh, invited to Bangladesh um, in November to, and I but I chose not to go for a variety of reasons. But um, yeah. I mean, it's it's um yeah there's. What's happening there is is really is nothing sh- short of genocide, and, and her um, her not addressing it is, on any level is is really is, confounding. It's very confounding. So yeah, well, crazy world. So why Berlin these days? Why are you spending so much time there? Um, it's you know my boyfriend is French, and mm-hmm. we didn't want a place in Paris, but we wanted somewhere outside of America for sure, um, and out out of New York, and. Um, so I had worked with R.E.M. on a couple of records in Berlin, and um, Tama came and spent time there, and we both just fell in love with the city. I had a sense in a, the early 2000s, I was there with Jim Cohen for <clears throat> the premiere of Benjamin Smoke, the film that he made about um, Benjamin from the band Smoke, uh, uh, our, our great dear former friend also from Georgia, from Atlanta, and um, and the Opal Fox Quartet, and um, I remember coming out of a screening late at night, and walking back to my hotel. This is probably in two thousand one, and um, it was there was three feet of snow on the ground. It was the biggest, second biggest snowflakes I'd ever seen. And looking up at these buildings, and and I don't like the cold, and I don't like snow particularly, but there was something about that moment 
I, I thought to myself, someday I'm going to live here. And, and, um, and you know, f- 14 years later, that turned out to be true. So we have a place there. It's just a great arts community. It's a great, um, it's a great relaxed city. It's very, it's, it's got really good water. You know, it's, um, uh, it sits on top of sand, so the water percolates up through the sand, and it's very clean, and it feels, um, I don't know, it just feels really good there. It's, there's a freedom um, that Germans in particular, that Germans in general have, but that, that um, Berliners in specifically have, that that's really refreshing to, to an American or North American um, uh, gaze. And, and so being a part of that, kind of integrating ourselves into that is something that it's taken a few years to feel like we're really there, but we're there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm, I go Great design. Great. I love brutalism. I love, you know, a lot of stuff was built, rebuilt after World War II, and they're just, there's just, um, um, a, a, you know, I'm a Capricorn, so everything, I, I like things that really make sense, and the Germans are really good for making sense, like things make sense. Yes. Uh, when it comes to design choices, when it comes to... Why would you do that when you can do this? Why would you? Why it's, would you create? It's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. obvious, exactly. Yeah. Why would you create a fortieth flavor of toothpaste? We have thirty-nine that are amazing. Right. Yeah. That kind of. That was a terrible analogy, but. Well, I, yeah, I'm not buying into the fortieth toothpaste. I don't even like I, toothpaste. I, I never did. As a kid, you asked about what I ate. I never could. Um, I never could use Crest toothpaste. It made me throw up, which was, you know, that was not a good thing when you're brushing your teeth. You get fluoride in the water. The taste of it, I don't know. There's something yeah. about the taste of it. And Tide, I could never use Tide. It made my, my skin break out in red rashes. I was a very sensitive child. <laughs> that changed. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at Atchison. A-C-H-E-S-O-N dot Robinhood dot com. Tell me how you met Patty Smith. We met through Scott Litt, who was a producer that worked with her and worked with um, her and her husband, her former husband. And worked with R.E.M. Sorry, not her former husband, her late husband, Fred Sonic Smith. And also worked with R.E.M. He produced five of our albums. And Scott kind of tried to get us together. Um, but it didn't really happen until 1995. And my band was on tour and we were going through Detroit. And she was there and um, recently widowed. And um, uh, um, 
I think, considering moving to New York to work because she had to work uh, to um, support her two kids. And the band came through, and I reached out to her. And I reached out to her um, that year, but I reached out to her to say, won't you come to the show? And uh, that's the first time that we met. It was almost 20 years after uh, Horses came out and after I, I bought Horses the day it was released and was a lifelong fan from that moment forward. Getting over being a fan and becoming friends was something that she was very tolerant and very wonderful about. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure I was babbling for, you know... Um, that's not always easy. You yeah. know, you have to pinch yeah. yourself. When, yeah. you meet, when you meet your heroes and, and yeah. they're not just horrible people uh, or uninteresting people or boring people. In fact, they, in her case, are, you know, w- she's one of the most fascinating, one of the most intelligent, one of the most uh, funny. Uh, and Her and books have been, that she's been grounded. Are amazing. I've uh, ever, you know, I've ever yeah. had the pleasure to, yeah. to spend time with. And, and so um, even just last night, she reached out to my mom to wish her a happy birthday. She, oh, she sang sweet. to her from the Fillmore in San Francisco. Oh, that's great. Really sweet. Was she playing at the Fillmore? She played the Fillmore last night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she's still touring a little she bit. She tours, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't okay. use the word still. I don't like that word. Well, not still. I, yeah. yeah. I just didn't realize she was touring. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, Michael, it has been good to catch up and uh, good what to we, talk. We touched through. on politics. We, we touched, we touched on, the on the band. Politics. We talked about the band. Talked we talked about, about Athens. Band. Talked about Georgia. Talked about um, politics, food. Yeah. Talked about Patty Smith. We talked about the Olympia. Uh, what about you? What are you doing? What am I doing? I've been doing a lot of writing. I just wrote a new book on sous vide cooking. Now I'm writing a book on how to teach kids how to cook. On what cooking sous sous vide? Like putting food in a bag in a circulator bath oh, at a wow. prescribed temperature that makes it perfect for whatever it is um commonly used in french kitchens and things like that way back when but it's very popular in fine dining kitchens now. okay in a plastic bag or a paper bag or what kind uh, of plastic bag oh. food grade plastic bag. okay um you can see that little stick thing yeah. sticking out of that pot yeah. so it's like that. in the kitchen there yeah yeah okay. and then uh working on this other book uh which is ancillary to my Foundation I started that te- uh, rebuilds home economics curriculum for middle schools, for public, private, charter, whatever. Mm. I'm putting that into a book that you'd send somebody away to college with. And it's kind of um, realizing food through the basics of technique and uh, like a Lego set. Each piece of Lego is a different skill set in the kitchen. How you put them together is up to you. But as long as you know all these blocks, that you can have a successful life cooking for yourself. Well. So doing that and running restaurants and coffee shops and that's about it. Wow. Yeah. That sounds doodling. thrilling. I doodle a lot. Doodle? Like doodle. literally drawing on like pieces of paper? Doodle coffee pots. Oh, there's a coffee pot like that you that. doodle. Okay, that's it's a good a one. percolator. <laughs> From uses. the 1960s. It yeah, looks nobody like, uses yeah. those anymore. No. no. But you don't drink coffee. I drink decaf. You drink decaf? Yeah, I kind of stopped you know, caffeine. That's a good thing. I stopped sugar. I stopped, stopped carbs sugar? for a while. Yeah, completely, completely stopped wow. sugar. Yeah, I oh. I just did it. I, I mean, maybe I'll have a little bit like once a week, but you know, like always... the head of a gummy bear. No, <laughs> just no. the feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the little toe of a gummy bear. Yeah, it's hard to discern whether I have toes. No, I'll ha- yeah, I just I I don't know why I just did. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. Artistically, what's caught your eye? from an artist recently um i recently 
Did you go to the bought. show at the High? No, what is it? The Japanese artist woman Kusama. mirrors. Kusama, the yes. Infinity Mirror. Yeah, Infinity Infinity Mirror. Rooms is what they're rooms. Prop, uh, uh, pop, popularly referred to as, but that's yes. not what they're called. No, I didn't. I went to, in Louisiana, in not Louisiana, the state uh, in the U.S. Louisiana is the Contemporary Art Museum uh, outside of Copenhagen in Denmark. It's, okay. on, it's on the water. Uh, there, they have one of Kusama's Infinity Rooms there. Oh wow! Okay, much shorter lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so go yeah, to Denmark. Oh, yeah, uh, fly to Denmark for yeah. a shorter line. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw the Warhol at the Whitney. I, 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 I I've seen a bunch of shows in galleries that impressed me a lot <clears throat> recently in Berlin and in New York. Um, I recently bought a piece by Sophie Talbert Arp. Uh, I'm mispronouncing her name for uh, an English speaking audience, but uh, I can't say her name in French, but her husband was Jean Arp. And uh, she's this extraordinary. Uh, and it turns out that Bradford Cox uh, shares a, a. From the a, band a, Deer Hunter. From Deer Hunter. Shares a, um, a love of, of Sophie Tower Arp and Lonnie Holly. Uh, and huh. it t- turns out that those are two things that Bradford and I share in common. I've been reading all about Cy Twombly lately. Oh, yeah. I met the guy it's who. Very interesting. Um, Tamal, my boyfriend, had a show in the south of France this past um, July of his work. And the other show that was up was a Twombly uh, photographs. Yes, and his the, photographs are amazing. The guy who's in charge of his, uh, who's the executor of his estate was there. And he's beautiful, this guy. Just wow. one of the best people you've ever spent you know, a meal with. Yeah, Rauschenberg and Twombly had an, uh, an affair for a long time. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were an item. And yeah, the uh, Rauschenberg took one of the best photos I've ever seen of Twombly. Yeah. Standing in front of a giant hand sculpture. Yes. Uh, do you know, can yeah. you picture it? I can picture that. I think it's a that. thumb for some reason. No, it's not a thumb. It can't be, but it's, it's probably, it's Hindu, I think, or Hindi. Um, but yeah, it's Cy Twombly standing in front of this giant hand sculpture shot by Rauschenberg. You can do a search online. Please search on DuckDuckGo and not on Google for this, but you can you can do a search on DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. And, uh, and find that picture. But that guy was beautiful. We had a yeah. few meals together there. Uh, not bad, to, you know, anyone you meet in the south of France is going to be interesting, but... but uh, was he from his widow's family or any affiliation with the family? Uh, more of an affiliation, I think, with Twombly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, they knew each other for a very long time. That's great, and um, uh, and it was that was so. Those were two really good shows, and then uh, our friend from uh, from uh, Dublin, Googie, who's a great uh, great friend of Bono's and Gavin Friday. He and Gavin Friday started um, um, the Virgin Prunes. Okay, that band, the yeah, kind of the first yeah. the first Marilyn Manson. Yes, yeah. Huh. So that's Googie. He had a show of his sculptures. It was, a, and they all opened at the same on the same weekend. So that was really quite exciting. You live a. Wonderfully crazy life. <laughs> it's good. Well, Michael, I will let you get on. Yeah, to your Hugh, day. thanks for having me. This is really fun and uh, cut it together, and make me sound smart. Well, and, pff, I'll put in smarts. And I'll later. see you soon. Okay, you sounded great. <laughs> Thank you. This episode of Hugh Atchison stirs the pot was taped on location in Athens, Georgia, at my apartment. By me, Scott Porch produces the show for Himalaya Media. Sound design by Alex Ramsey and editing by Mackenzie Mazel. Please follow Hugh Atchison stirs the pot on Apple Podcasts, the Himalaya app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you hear, please rate and review on your podcast app and come back on Tuesdays for new episodes. 
And if you have the Himalaya app, you get it a day earlier on Monday. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Hugh Atchison. <laughs>